Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hi there and welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. If you don't know me, I'm Holly and we are on episode number 37. So today I wanted to talk about what I refer to as quote danger unquote words when it comes to choosing a dog trainer or a behaviourist to work with you and your dog. So if you are a listener of this podcast, chances are you probably are already choosing to use positive reinforcement based methods with your dog, force free training as well hopefully, or perhaps you're here to learn more about those kinds of methodologies which is fantastic everybody is very welcome here when it comes to choosing a trainer or a behaviorist though it can be a bit of a minefield out there so you go in thinking okay I know what it is that I want I want this certain type of trainer or behaviorist that works in this kind way with my dog and myself because <laughs> you don't want to be feeling bad either um but there are certain things that can trip us up. So I wanted to just make it a little bit clearer today um, because there's a lot of terminology out there. And I would say that some of it is more obvious. We are aware of certain phrases and terms that actually make us think, okay, that's a bit more of a kind of old-fashioned way of working with dogs or a bit more of a punishment-based way of working with dogs. I'm going to steer clear of that. But there's some other kind of phrases and terms in the middle that can be used on both sides of the fence, so to speak. So you want to be a little bit aware of that and open to asking questions of this potential person that you're going to be working with. So let's start with some of the more obvious ones. So if you start talking to someone and you're starting to hear things like you need to be the alpha in this situation, so that comes from some very outdated research about how we as humans need to be the alpha over our dogs, they need to see us as a pack leader in a position of authority, this kind of language. Um, Things like your dog needs to know their place, your dog needs to understand when they've done things wrong, we need to use punishment to get them to understand they've done things wrong. All these kinds of things are usually red flags for me. So I start thinking, okay, this sounds like we might be moving more down a punishment-based kind of way of training a dog. And I think most most of us would be able to pick up on those things quite easily. The things that are somewhere in the middle, <laughs> however, are things like the word communication. So I would say definitely I want to have good communication with my dog. I want to be able to understand them to the best of my ability, for them to understand me to the best of their ability. I've certainly used the word communication when speaking about working with dogs, dog training, dog behavior. I've used it as a word in communication with my clients I've certainly used that term however let's take an example of a sentence let's say you've got a dog that pulls on the lead and this new trainer is suggesting to you that you're going to use a certain type of head collar or face harness of some description that's going to communicate down the lead to your dog what you would like them to do now that doesn't sound particularly bad from the face value really does it it's like okay we've just got a method of communication using a tool well the problem is that often a lot of these tools that promote non-pulling or being able to communicate with your dog down the lead actually it's a form of pain or discomfort that's the method of communication 
So unfortunately, a lot of these head collars are poorly designed or actually just not designed to fit that individual dog because every dog's head, just like every human head, is really, really different. And not just that, but think about differences in breed. So you might have a whippet-shaped head, very fine, delicate head, as compared to a Rottweiler's head, for example, big and bony. (laughs) Very, very different. But we might be using the same piece of equipment or tool on both of those dogs. And often a lot of these so-called communication tools will be actually pressing on nerves in the face, on blood supply lines in the face, pinning skin behind ears, causing pressure on nasal cavities, all these kinds of things. And the method of communication is one of pain or discomfort, which hurts the dog or causes them discomfort, so they stop pulling. And then you get that nice loose lead walking that you're looking for. So actually, when you start to hear people saying we're going to look at a method of communicating with the dog by using this tool, I'd be wanting to ask a few more questions there. Okay, well, how does that work exactly? Where is it pressing? What is the communication? What are we saying to the dog? And how is the dog interpreting that and responding accordingly? So it's not about really putting people on the spot but it's actually okay well if you're saying this is a method of communication where's the science to back this up and why is it something that I should listen to and do with my dog the other one that can be a little bit tricky is suggesting that you need to be more of a leader to your dog so this is often something that I hear said to lots of adolescent dogs so anyone who's ever had an adolescent dog and they've struggled a little bit you're very normal and so is your dog (laughs) I've definitely been there and I know lots of my training peers and colleagues have been there as well and maybe you're getting behaviors like overexcitement, lots of jumping, barking, maybe a dog that tries to snatch food out of your hand or is really exuberant when you meet someone in the street that wants to say hello to them. It can look like lots of different things. Now, what you want to think about is you've got a young dog with an underdeveloped brain, not fully developed, not fully able to process in the same way that a more balanced, calm, older dog might be able to, let's say. And we are often expecting quite a lot of that dog to be able to manage their emotions. So me coming in as a trainer and saying to you, that dog needs a leader. You need to be more of a leader. You've been a bit soft. You need to actually show them what to do. Well, I agree that I would like my dog to be able to turn to me in moments of uncertainty and to say, gosh, I'm a bit overwhelmed right now, mum, what do I do? And I say, hey, why don't you come and do this, have this nice chew over here? Or why don't you go and lie on your bed over there? But that's very different to lie down, lie down. That could also be interpreted as a leader. So I'm giving an instruction, I'm telling the dog what to do, but I'm not really taking into consideration their emotional health, their sense of safety and well-being at all in that moment. I'm actually probably more concerned with my own embarrassment, perhaps at their behavior. So again, that word leader, it's potentially a really positive word in a lot of areas of society, but you want to just be a little bit careful about how it's being used and what kind of behaviors from the human it's being linked to when you're asked to be more of a leader to your dog. The last one I want to really think about is the word balanced. Now, those of you who are very familiar with um, the dog training world will definitely have heard of this. Some of you may not have. But again, let's look at that word balance. It's a lovely word. (laughs) In most other areas of life, I've got a great work-life balance, let's say. I have fantastic balance in my yoga positions on the mat. I definitely don't. 
I have um, a nice healthy balanced diet let's say it's usually synonymous with something good and positive it's looked at as having the right amounts of lots of different things the thing is when it comes to dog training what balance training is often a guise for is a trainer that uses both positive reinforcement and punishment so let's take that loose lead walking example again you're walking along with your dog and your dog is walking nicely for a few steps so you say yeah great job and you give him a treat positive reinforcement and then he pulls forward and you yank back on the lead and snap the lead against his neck that's punishment (laughs) so actually what's happening is we are making the arbitrary decision what we like what we don't like how much we'll tolerate on one day and how much we won't tolerate on another day when we think it's the right time to administer punishment to that dog and when we think it's the right time to reward that dog now firstly I would say that's really a question of welfare personally um I personally believe that if a dog is unable to behave in the way that we would like them to firstly we need to think about the emotional experience of that dog why why can't they behave in the way that we would like them to what are they feeling are they frustrated are they frightened are they overwhelmed are they excited secondly age development Like I was saying before, are we asking a heck of a lot of this young teenage dog? (laughs) Or maybe we're asking a heck of a lot of this geriatric dog that's got some dementia and some cognitive decline. And we're asking them to do things they were able to do when they were five or six. But now they're 17, it's much, much harder for them. And then I'm thinking, hang on a second, what's my role in all of this? Have I actually ever taught this dog how to behave in this way that I would like them to? Have I ever actually put in the time and effort? Have I tested them in different scenarios? And what's my own energy in this moment? Am I expecting my dog to lie calmly by my feet while I'm fizzing around going, oh my gosh, it's so lovely to see you, or while I'm getting wound up and frustrated? So there's an awful awfully huge number of elements to this it's not as simple as this is when I decide that I'm going to deliver punishment to this dog the other thing to think about is how it can be really confusing to the dog for in the space of a five minute walk I'm being rewarded within the first 30 seconds then I'm being quote corrected with a yank on my neck within the next 30 seconds and then I'm having another yank on my neck then I've got another reward I'm not really too sure what's going on here and think about every single time that yank on the neck happens we get a stress response from the dog that floods through their system makes it far more likely that they are going to pull again because actually they're feeling stressed and they're wanting to get out of that situation so then we end up with an awfully huge number of corrections as opposed to some positive reinforcement for that dog or actually just getting them the heck out of that situation because they can't cope right now so if you hear that word balanced often it's not balanced in the way that we often think of nice harmony and other aspects of life but it's actually Sometimes I'm going to reward you and sometimes I'm going to punish you. So if you're hearing that word, just ask a little bit about what that means as well. Okay, so the last couple of things I want to think about, um, and again, this comes back to emotion, but people will often say, you're giving treats to that dog. You're reinforcing that bad behavior. 
So let's say I have a dog who is very fearful of strangers. And so we're standing in a big open space and when a stranger comes into view, I am sprinkling some food on the ground. Often you will hear trainers, behaviorists, hopefully not, but sometimes saying, oh, no, you shouldn't be feeding that because that dog's having a stress reaction. You're rewarding the bad behavior. That dog is having a normal, natural, physiological physiological and emotional response to the anxiety and the fear and the trigger that they're seeing. This is not abnormal. (laughs) This is incredibly normal for a mammal to have this kind of response when they see something that is frightening to them. You are not going to make that worse by offering food. The worst thing you can possibly do is get your timing a bit wrong and really make no positive change whatsoever, but you're not going to reinforce that fear. So please don't worry about that. And if you're hearing that kind of thing, I'd be questioning whether this person is the right person to be working with, whether they have enough knowledge in this area to be able to help you and your dog. The other one that's kind of related is you've spoilt your dog, you've babied your dog, you've over-mothered or fathered your dog, you treated treated your dog like a human, you shouldn't have let them sleep in the bed on the sofa, all this kind of thing. Dogs have a very short time on this planet, unfortunately, and actually we want them in our lives because we want to show them love and affection. They give it to us in absolute, (laughs) like they shower us with love and affection. So it's the least we can do to give it back to them. You are not going to spoil your dog and you're not going to ruin your dog's behavior by offering them some luxuries in life. It's up to you whether you have them on the sofa or not. If that's not something you want, then by all means, don't have them on the sofa. Just make sure you teach it in a kind way. But By allowing them up to have a cuddle with you of an evening, you're not going to cause separation anxiety. You're not going to cause behavioral difficulties. That's just not how the brain works. So again, if you're hearing some of those things from a dog trainer or a behaviorist, I'd be questioning... Where are you getting that from? <laughs> what kind of where's the the scientific basis for these kinds of things that you, that you're coming out with? Okay. So I hope that's helpful if you are someone that's wondering about getting a trainer or behaviorist to work with you. Um I would say just don't be afraid to ask questions. It's interesting. I actually called up a local facility to me years and years ago when I first started my business. I wanted to see what else was available locally. And I called up and I asked this company, who shall remain nameless, <laughs> what their ethos was. And it was the ethos that was entirely different from my own. But the lady that answered actually said, oh gosh, that's amazing that you've asked that question. No one ever asks us that. And then they turn up and some of them aren't happy. And I thought, gosh, I bet I wonder people just feel like they aren't able to ask or they're not allowed to ask. Well, actually, it's far better to be pre-warned and make a decision about whether or not this is the right place for you and your dog than to turn up on the first lesson, decide it's definitely not the right place and then be embroiled in a whole struggle about refunds and leaving class early and all of the embarrassment and stuff that comes with that. So remember, you are your dog's advocate, but you're also your own advocate. So do yourself and your dog a favor by asking those questions ahead of time if you're getting any red flags by all means come into our facebook group kindness is essential not optional facebook group and ask us we can help you out with any of those questions as well and good luck with finding the right person for you and your dog take care just before you go this is just a reminder that this week is mental health awareness week If you're struggling with your mental health, please don't suffer in silence. Reach out to someone, be that a friend, a family member, a neighbour, a colleague or a professional if you feel you need that level of support. 
It can feel very lonely when you feel depressed, anxious, hearing voices, seeing things that aren't there, whatever it is that your experience is. But if you can reach out to just one other person, then everyone can feel that little bit less alone. You're not on your own and we're all here to support you. Take care.